Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. What's up, everyone? I'm Brian Carroll, and I'm here to help people who have an injury or illness that holds them back from enjoying the outdoors. And today, we are going to be talking about a gross topic. So here's a little backstory. I took my cat in for a checkup, and the vet was talking about how we should deworm our cat since he hangs out in the chicken coops around the neighborhood. She also mentioned that cats get worms from licking their fur and also eating the fleas that's in their fur. So it is recommended to deworm animals every couple of months, if not more often than that. So it got me thinking, if it is that easy for animals to get worms, and we should deworm them pretty often, why don't we ever talk about that for humans? Over a quarter of the human population doesn't have access to adequate sanitation, and over 11% doesn't have access to clean water. And that is only the water we drink or bathe in. That doesn't even tap into the other ways to get parasites, like food not being cooked to the right temperatures, or even things we touch every single day. So I brought on someone who has had a lot of experience with parasites. Shelly Galwith has had near-death experiences with parasites and mold, and that is what she focuses on a lot within her practice. Before we dive into this episode, a fantastic way to help the body eradicate nasty pathogens like parasites and mold is to use a near-infrared sauna. Our friends over at Sauna Space just released new bulbs that provide three times the strength of the old bulbs, which means you don't have to spend nearly as much time in the sauna to receive the same amount of benefits. Go to summitforwellness.com sauna to learn more. Now, let's jump into my conversation with Shelly Gawith. Shelly Gawith is a nutritional therapy practitioner based in New Zealand. She had her own crisis with chronic illness and now helps others to find the root causes to their chronic illnesses so they can turn their lives around and reclaim their own health once again. Thank you for coming on to the show, Shelly. Thank you for having me, Brian. I'm super excited and passionate. Yeah, I have to say you are the first New Zealander onto the show, so we are blessed to have your accent and everything joining us. <laughs> I love America and I love all Americans with your cool accent too. So I'm very excited. But Brian, you might have to repronounce some words for your listeners. Yeah, there's definitely um, uh, some crosses there between language where things can get lost in translation. And I learned that on your podcast when I was over on there. So even when I'm ordering things in cafes in America, sometimes my friends will will repeat it because the waitress will just look at me and be like, I don't know. What did she just say? (laughs) Well, um, let's dive into your background a little bit because you didn't start in the nutritional world. You had your own health crisis and that's kind of led you from what you were doing before becoming a nutritional therapist to where you are now. So can you talk about what were you doing? What was the health crisis and how did you discover nutrition? I probably couldn't have gotten further from the nutritional world if I'd tried previously. So I was an accountant um, and then I moved into working at an investment bank and I was the finance manager there where I ran a team of a couple of hundred people and I was living across the ditch, as we say, in Australia. So I was the typical A-type personality, burning the candle at both ends. I'd overtrain exercise-wise because that was my way of reducing stress. 
I worked extremely long hours and didn't think sleep mattered at all, which helped, which led to my health crisis. And then I studied as well because there wasn't enough going on in my life. So I always, and I was on that wanting to climb the corporate ladder. I will openly say that that's very much, I was very ambitious and very driven. Um, and so, and I thought that I was really healthy as a lot of my clients do when they first come in to see me. I didn't ever have takeout. Um, so to me, that meant that I was really healthy. But what I was doing was feeding my body with copious amounts of coffee each day and gluten-free but sugar treats because I needed the energy. So I didn't have any understanding that my body was talking to me at all. And if I got tired, I just had more coffee. So I just pushed myself harder and harder and harder. Um, I never thought that maybe I should sleep more or maybe I should reduce my coffee intake or go do yoga or something. So, and I would do real high intensity exercise as well and wanted to run like half marathons. So that was fine until I moved to another bank to a bigger promotion and we, I got full blown influenza. So not just a sore throat or a snivelly nose, I got diagnosed with influenza. And at that point, my system just crashed. That was the icing on the cake. There were lots of things that had really been going on in the background that I just ignored and pushed down. Like I had low thyroid. I was on maximum medication for my thyroid. Um, whenever I'd go and see my doctor, I just asked for more medication. Like that's all I wanted. Like when I got tired again, I'd ask for the next dose of thyroxine. That was all I ever wanted was to get back to work. So I got influenza. And six months before that, what I didn't realize at the time, the impact on my health was I'd been living in a mold-ridden house in Sydney. And because of the humidity in Sydney, lots of the houses have mold issues. So I found out that I was highly allergic to mold and highly allergic to my house. So I moved out within a day. But what I didn't realize was the impact that it had, the incremental impact that it had on my health. So I had a low immune system from the mold Throw in, a, throw in influenza and there was that was the icing on the cake sort of thing, what shut me down. So then for the next few months, I stayed in Sydney. I could no longer work. I had to resign from my job because I'd lost my mental function. I couldn't get out of bed. I physically couldn't do anything. It got to the point that my doctor was like, actually, you're probably going to die, so let's hospitalize you. Um, and food hadn't really come into it that much. I'd kind of seen a couple of herbalists or whatever in Australia and I was I'd added in some fermented foods and some bone broth but not really um but at the point when the doctor said that she was going to hospitalize me all of a sudden alarm bells went off in my head and I was like I think if I get hospitalized eating the food in the hospital I really will die didn't know anything about nutrition at that point Brian don't even know why that crept into my mind or whatever because really 24-hour day kiss probably seemed like the smart option but instead my parents got called up and my mum had to give up her life and so they took me back home to New Zealand and for the next two years my mum nursed me um, and once again I started seeing doctors in New Zealand and being an investment banker what you always do is throw money at things because that's going to fix everything um, and so I started seeing specialists the top specialists from around the world to try and work out why I'd lost like by this stage, I couldn't even read a sentence. I was asleep. I was awake for 20 minutes a day. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk to the toilet by myself. I was collapsing. Like I wasn't even really functioning. I wasn't a functioning human at all. My parent, my mom was doing everything. Um, and so the doctors here once again wanted to hospitalize me and they were just like, we don't know what's wrong with your daughter and we don't know what to do. 
about 11 months into this journey, I was like, I said to my parents one day, what's been around, this was in my 20 minutes that I was awake, what's been around forever, it's food. There's got to be something to this food thing, right? Like we hadn't really explored that at that point. I'd gone gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free. My mom had just implemented that. I didn't really know what I was eating anyway, so it didn't bother me. Um, and so that's when we got serious about food. So my mum was like, with your five or 10 minutes that you're awake a day, you research stuff and I'll start implementing it. So the first things we did was she started, my mum and dad made bone broth every single day and we had fermented foods. And that was it. I was still seeing all the clinicians. I was still getting help, but this was when, and my GP at the time got me onto Nora Gouges' book, Primal Food or whatever it was. But it was like an encyclopedia. Now I can read it easily. But when you're not awake for very long at a time and you've lost your memory. So my mom would kind of just read it, flick through it every single day and learn something new and just start to implement those things. Um, and with that, with the change in diet, which was the very first thing, I started to stay awake for 90 minutes a day, which was huge. I could now climb my parents' stairs, like literally crawl like a baby, get to the top, fall asleep again, but then I could sit up and stay awake for 90 minutes. So as far as we were concerned, this was a huge win and food was amazing. Um, with that and fast forwarding fast, we then I decided that I wanted to study nutrition. But I was a little bit homeward bound, um, obviously, and I couldn't really do much for myself. So I started to look through every single course around the world that was out there. And I found the Nutritional Therapy Association and I messaged them and they now, um, Gray and Leanne, look at me now and they're like, when we sent your e when we received your email, we didn't realize how sick you were. Otherwise, we would never have let you on the course. Like you were our sickest student that we've ever seen. Um, so when you said you were bed bound, we didn't really fully understand that. But through the study and through being able to study, I would implement everything that I learned and started to realize what was happening, my, my whole body had shut down. I had so much toxicity, like I had a heavy metal toxicity, parasites, fungus, yeast, like you name it, my gut health was just diabolical and nobody had even started to address that with me in terms of all the experts that I was seeing. Um, I had no digestive function, my adrenals were like absolutely out of whack, my hormones, everything. But a game changer for me was when I started to learn all about gut health. Um, and the impact that the mold had had, but how that had opened up the door for parasites and it, all the other leeches in my body that were just draining me of nutrition, energy, everything. Yeah, when you break that down and you take a really deep look at it, it really shows you the power of what we're putting into our body, but it also shows us the power of the the resiliency of the body to be able to have mold, fungus, parasites, <laughs> and everything you could ever imagine that's possible packed into one body and you're still alive. That's, that's amazing. You're right, Brian. It is amazing. And I remember, um, at the time I didn't fully comprehend it because I was just so sick when I was doing my own labs and stuff and getting my results and just seeing the toxicity that was in my body, like just seeing the number of parasites that I had in the yeast and the mold levels and the heavy metal um, levels. And it's only since looking back kind of as a cl with clinician eyes, I'm like, how, like I can see a, like you say, why I was stuck in bed and just couldn't get better. But also that real resiliency and that real desire to live, like I just wanted to live. And I was willing to fight and do everything that I could when the medical world kept telling me 
that there was no hope, I would sit in my doctor's office and be like, yes, there is. And he used to, I used to have to see him every fortnight depending on my energy levels, but he would always be like, what new idea are you going to come with me next? Like you literally see all this research, you try the latest thing, you end up getting worse, but still you come back here. Like he just looked at me like, are you stupid? But it was that real wanting to live and keep fighting and just get to the root causes of just knowing that I couldn't live like this. And yes, diet was amazing, but for me, it wasn't everything and it wasn't going to heal what was actually in my body. And today we're going to dive deeper into the parasites. So can you talk about um, just some different ways that you can get parasites, especially where you live? But for most countries in the world, they can probably get it pretty similar ways. Definitely. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like when I work with clients now, clients are always like, where did I get this parasite from? Like, where did it come from? And the reality is, and not in a doom and gloom way because I'm a very positive person, it's easy for all of us to be exposed to parasites these days. Most of us are living with domestic animals. Most of us are now living in apartments where the domestic animals stay inside, right? Like we're now living with our domestic animals. Traditionally, the animals were often outside, but most of us have cats or dogs. How many of those cats and dogs sleep on our bed, right? Like animals are kind of disgusting. Like I love my small puppy, don't get me wrong, and she's very sweet, but I look at her and I'm like, you're probably just filled with parasites. Like you're probably riddled with them and you're probably passing them on to me. But quite often, small animals sleep on children's beards, getting to the children. Children don't always wash their hands properly. Now they're touching doorknobs or they're touching things in the house or they're eating things that then their parents eat. Now we're passing it on that way too. Or they're going out into the world touching things and we're all touching things. So, and that's not a bad thing, but one of them is just through contact, through animals. In New Zealand, a lot of people live on farms. So we're picking it up through farm animals too. Then you've got the whole like mosquitoes. Mosquitoes pass them around, like flying parasites, like, um, and then like worms. How many people get worms, right? And they, or their animals get worms. Like we're meant to deworm our animals, what, every six months or whatever it is. But the over-the-counter medication that you get from the pharmacy doesn't kill off the worms in the body, in the human body. It suppresses the symptoms. So often people think that their child's gone rid of the worms. But if you haven't actually killed it off, it's still sitting in your child's body or in your body. Um, you can also get parasites through water. And, like, how many of us go out into nature? How many of us drink water from the streams or whatever? If you know what I mean, like how water, even in New Zealand, where we're so fond of saying it's so clean and green, it's not what it used to be. Our rainwater can get like these parasites. Um, then you've got it with any sort of raw meat. And I really like raw meat. I really, there's so many, we read all the health benefits of it. Um, so I'm a bit torn in terms of what do you do? But then you can also still, as Brian and I were talking about before the start of recording, um, you can get it through cooked meat too because most of us aren't cooking to that fire temperature. Like if you picture a you know outdoor barbecue or fire and put the food or the meat on that, it's really getting like seared on the outside. It's black and really hot, like it's burning. We're not doing that with our food that we present and put on the table. Most of us can eat the food at room temperature, like eat it as soon as it's served. So we're not, and then also through through uh, through fruit and vegetables. So even even when we say that it's super 
um, safe to eat fruit and vegetables. That's awesome. And another one that I actually learned recently, Brian, when I was looking into all this is pigs. Pigs, like some of us realize that they're quite dirty. And admittedly, I still love some good organic free range bacon. Like I really do struggle to give that up. But the reason why they're, they're also parasitic, like fit riddled with them, A, we just think of pigs being dirty. But what I actually found out recently is they've got no lymphatic system. So they've got no way to flush these toxins out of their bodies. Yeah, so um, if you do a, a quick Google search for parasites in pigs, you can see some pretty gross stuff. And that's usually from uh, like pig farms. Um we actually grow our own pigs every single year, and we had one year where we had some heartworms in the pigs, and that was the first time like we've ever seen worms in our food before. But then after that, we started to deworm them before it was time to turn them into dinner, and um, we haven't had any issues since. So definitely know the farmers, know the sourcing and uh, make sure that they're taking really good care of the animals uh, because that will definitely lessen the worms and the parasites that's in the meat that you're getting. Definitely. But like, so interesting that you saw it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't that many, actually, if you looked at it, you could see a couple little heartworms, but it wasn't like, I mean, we don't eat the pig heart anyways, but the rest of the meat was totally fine. So. Interesting. Eh? So that's how it creeps. Like how many of us know the pig farmers, right? Like we might be sourcing organic free range food now, but there's still like what you say, like you were growing it yourself and it still turned up. Yep. Yep. And we had no idea that was even a possibility until that moment. And then that's when we're like, oh, this is a thing that we need to look into. But yeah, so you definitely can get it. And that's from, you know, a really clean area where we raise them. And so if you think about most of the food that you're getting from the store and it's, you know, these pigs from these big farms have no room to move and they're all just sitting in each other's slop all day long. Yeah, it's pretty gross. When you look at those images, it's oh, pretty gross. And <laughs> if you've got a parasite, you can pass it on to others. Right? Like, that's the other thing. That's, like, it's easier to spread. It's chronic, if you know what I mean. So once you've got one, and, like, most of my clients I see have got parasites, and they're well-educated, privileged people. So this is not, it doesn't affect, like, status or classes or anything like that. Like, this is everyone you're not immune to it because you live in a big apartment or you live in a nice house or whatever it is that we think um and so if you've got one it's easy to spread them and how many of us spread them to our partners and our children so yummy um and (laughs) so now that i'm thinking about it so when i think of parasites or worms i think of tapeworms and they can get really really big uh but do Parasites come in all sorts of different shapes, sizes. And... Definitely. Like, yeah. um, so when I do stool testing, right, like when I get clients to have their stools tested and they, it obviously breaks down what they can see under the microscope. So they'll very specifically say what parasites turned up. Clients will always Google them um, and like start and they freak out. Like they ring me being like, is that a huge thing? And I've had one client literally like, poo out like just strings and strings and like the like it was just like she was like do you want a photo and I was like no thank you and <laughs> in the clinic, I also do muscle testing because you can have all the different vial, vials 
of the different parasites or the fungus, the yeast or whatever. So, and so some, I generally just stick on a high level of it because when I was really geeking out on this and really looking into all the parasites and Googling everything, I would tell clients the exact strains. And as a practitioner, that has made my life a living hell because they would get on Google and they would start to look these things up. And I'd be like, how do I have this? Because some of them are huge, like you say, and some are small. <laughs> and so I was like, no, I'm done. Like occasionally I'll look for the specific strains or if they've had their stool, like the labs told them, that's fine. But that just like people love Google now and it just freaks them out. Looking at the images, like like you say, you can get small ones, you can get big ones. They can be meters long, right? Like I'm just like the general gist for clients is it's living in you. It's draining your energy. It's sucking your nutrition and your nutrients. Um, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. Let's ne- let's not get caught up in the details and the nitty gritty. Let's think big picture here. Let's just get it out. Yeah, and that let's let's go away from big picture and talk about some of the most common ones. Are there some that are most often seen all compared to all the other ones? All the worms, any type of the worms, like any of them. Yeah, like the but and I think that's just because of the animal situation. If you know what I mean, because they're often so you've got like tapeworms, pinworms, wimpworms, hookworms. Um, they're the biggest like worm family that we see coming up. And then I'm really bad, Brian. I should know this better, but all my clients laugh at me because they know that I can't pronounce them properly. I'm like, Blastocystis hermonitus is a very common one. Like most people are carrying around that in their bodies. Um, like that's so, so, so common. Um, those are the biggest ones that I would see. And then there's different breakdown of specific ones too. And do they all show kind of the same symptoms in the body or do they have their own set of symptoms for each type of worm? No. So there's general symptoms. There are like all of us are different, right? So we're always going to present slightly differently. Um, but oh, and also there's eggs. What I need to remind you too is there's eggs. So once you've got like a hookworm or a tapeworm or a flatworm or any of these worms, they lay eggs too. So you can kill off the actual mother, for want of a better word, the master one or whatever you want to talk about it like. But they've laid eggs in your body and they do not want to die either. So they they reproduce as well. So you've got to come at it from both angles. But in terms of symptom-wise, we all present differently, but there are some common symptoms, right? So stool health is a big one. So if you can't go to the toilet, you have really loose stools, you're really constipated. And the problem with parasites, right, is that in general, like even that one symptom, could be in a whole heap of other things too. Right. So it's like you don't just wake up and go, oh, gosh, like I've got loose stools today. I must be parasite. If you've had food poisoning, if you've been in a third world country, um, if you've been away camping or you just know that you've not had great water or anything like that. And then you get the real loose stools, then you probably know if you know what I mean. So it can be the connection of it. Um also, believe it or not, a big one for parasites, and I was like blown away because this is me, um, is um, clenching your, grinding your teeth. Hmm. But once again, that could be a whole heap of other things. So uh, in isolation, grinding the teeth isn't necessarily like, oh my gosh, your teeth grinder, quick, I better get, I better test my stools. Um, but it's stress on your body. And another big one is um, night sweats which once again, people can put down to hormonal um, changes. And if anything changes, like your sweats get worse around the moon cycles as well, 
Parasites, whether you want to believe it or not, and whether this is too woo-woo or not, they follow a moon cycle too. It kind of, I like to think of it kind of like the werewolf, you know, like that we all grew up with in the movies and he comes out at the new moon or whatever moon it was. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Um, joint pain and aches in your muscles. So often when I see clients detoxifying, getting the parasites out of their body, their hips will get really sore. Um, or they'll get chronic soreness in their jaws or in their teeth, or there'll be other places. But And um, rashes and eczema, once again, these can be food intolerances. So a lot of these things, um, stubborn weight gain, malnutrition, because you're not getting all the nutrients from your food. Um, another one would be fatigue, exhaustion. That was me. Um, and then always being hungry. This is a key one with children, and I see this a lot. And I was this child, so I think that I was probably born with these parasites. When they're like, especially when they've got brothers and sisters or whatever, and they just, they're eating really well. So they're not eating like takeout. They're not eating heaps of sugar. But they're kind of eating how their parents are, right? So they've got like their balance of good veggies, fats, and protein. But your child just never gets full. Like it's forever in the pantry wanting more foods. Because they're not getting the nourishment from their food because the parasite's taking a lot of it, that's always a telltale sign. So when parents start to tell me that, that's when I want to investigate the children's health too. Because they can come in from a very young age. Um, and also a couple more symptoms, brain fog and just irrational emotions. But all of those symptoms can come down to a whole heap of other conditions too. Yeah, it's kind of like when we talked about mold. Mold presents itself as a million different things too, so it's really hard to pinpoint. But you have mentioned multiple times um, that you use a stool test. Is that the best testing out there for parasites? Um, it's the easiest accessible one out there for parasites. But what we've got to remember is parasites are very clever. So when you go to your normal medical doctor um, and they do a stool test for you, that for them to say that you've got a parasite, it has to be live when they're looking at it, right? It cannot be dead and it cannot be eggs. And parasites, like I talk about them in clinic as being critters, like very clever, crafty critters. They don't want to die. They don't want you to kill them off. They'll settle themselves in your like in your gut. It's a warm home. They're getting fed. They're getting rested. They're getting everything that they need. Um, and I talk about them like they're real living organisms because they are and they're leeching from you. So when you get your doctor to do the test, and this is nothing against the medical system, unless it's live, like moving in your stool, they're going to come back and say you don't have any parasites. So then, so that's why there can be a difference between functional medicine, functional doctors, nutritionists, and your mainstream medical doctor. So they can say, no, there's nothing. And they're also running tests for chronic disease, like they're looking for disease. When you do a stool test with a functional doctor or functional labs, <clears throat> they're often going to do it over multiple days um, because 24 hours isn't enough time. Parasites go through cycular um like condition sort of thing where they can hide they can come out in different like different periods they're not just always out in your stools every 24 hours so you need to collect it over a range of days um and then when a functional lab does it they're looking for eggs and they're looking for dead ones as well so if they can see dead um parasites like whatever your one looks like whether it's small or whatever they will say that you've got a parasite condition um and then there's other um practitioners that would do um muscle testing so you can also do that too 
our workout, but it's definitely, and then GI mapping, which is the latest lab that's really come out, that's really, because that's using technology based on like your finger DNA, that doesn't even use the microscope at all. And so they're putting that kind of at the premium end of what's the best testing in terms of lab testing for parasites. So if you're doing a stool test and you have live parasites coming out in the stools, is that an indicator that there's a ton of parasites in your body so much that it's making its way out into your stool? Great question, because clients always want to know this too. They like, um, no, because it can be a whole heap of, if, say you're not working with a practitioner at all, um, and so you're not detoxing, you're not changing any of the ecosystem in your body, you haven't gone out and suddenly started eating probiotic foods or probiotic supplements or anything like that, if it's just the status quo, then yes, it can definitely mean, it probably means that you've been recently infected with them. So they're probably very current and probably because if they've been in your body for a while, you actually need to do something to damage their home to get them out. So yeah, if you've done nothing else and you've suddenly had food poisoning or you've been in a third world country or you've suddenly gotten bloated overnight, you can probably, and you see them, yeah, you definitely that they're alive and they're like really wriggling around in there. <laughs> um, so what are some ways to get the parasites out of your body? Are there certain herbs, supplements? Like what's the best process for that? So definitely, and it's always a choice, right? Like I never say to clients that you have to do it naturally or you have to do it with um, medication. When you do like a lab test, they'll always tell you the natural options and the medical options. So you can always take antibiotics and sometimes there's a time and a place for it. Um, but that obviously does a whole heap of other damage to your good gut bacteria and, all, and it just upsets, as I like to say, your gut's like your ecosystem. It changes the whole ecosystem. So that's one, that is one way of doing it. And it's legitimate. Like for some of these strands of parasites, they can be so hard to kill off that you do have to go in guns blazing with the heavy hitters, right? Like where it's just like if somebody's life's so impacted by it or they're not going to respond, not all parasites respond to natural treatments, unfortunately. Um, otherwise, there's always natural, there's natural treatments in terms of herbal remedies. So some of my clients just want herbal tinctures. So kind of like with your fungon product with mold, you can get the herbal remedies and Biosudin has got great herbal remedies for it. So they're like tinctures that are really strong. Then you can take um, supplements, of course, um, to kill them off. So it's things like Apex Energetics has a great one called Parasystinol. Um, and then Biotics has, those are the two companies that I mainly use a whole bunch, but it's kind of looking for like wormweed or garlic or there's like some main ingredients that kill them off. But once again, it depends on which strand you've got. So garlic won't kill off every single parasite in your body. Oregano won't kill it off depending on what you've got. Wormweed won't kill it off. And some people need the mixtures to um, berberine's another one. Caprin's another, Capra, I call it Caprin because that's the biotics product, but I think it's Capra, Caprolic? Uh, what else Cap, yeah, Caprylic. Yeah, Caprylic acid. Um, Caprylic acid. So they're like the main ones. And then you also always want to use a product for killing off the biofilm, which is the eggs. So I like to use Biopure Sisters Tea. I like a very gentle product for clients um, because these things, 
like you've got to just detoxify them out of your body and you can people can get very sick doing this so you always want to make sure that you're also supporting like the liver the lymph system and their whole stress system in their body their adrenals um because otherwise you can just it's too much it's too hard on the body and even just supporting the liver initially to help the detox can be can be a process before you even go in there and start to try and kill them off so if I wanted to see if I had parasites and I start taking high doses of garlic, would I start seeing things wiggling around in the toilet? Well, great question because I get mixed replies. So some clients see it straight away. Like that's where I've had clients um, peeing out or pooing out like films and films of white, like just pieces of string, like literally. Other clients and even young kids will see speckles, like heaps and heaps of white or black speckles, right? Their poos will just be filled with them. Some clients just get explosive, like watery diary, diary stools, like where it's just like explosive, like don't really see anything. Some will see black little bits or like um, kind of like nits in their stools. So some people will see heaps and other people see absolutely nothing. And the only reason they know it's gone is because their symptoms have changed um, or they've done another lab test. So some some people's experience, and it's really funny because my clients that get the experience of seeing nothing feel disappointed and ripped off. Like they are like, what? What was this process? Like this sucks. Um, and all my clients that see stuff are like, oh, I wish that I didn't see anything. <laughs> they hate it. Um, so when you do take the supplemental approach, do you have to use pretty high doses of this stuff to actually? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and that's um, you want to be supporting your gut, your liver, and your lymph system, and make sure that you're not in a stressed out state, which is the irony, because you're in a stressed out state because you've got parasites. The parasites are causing stress, but if you can't get yourself out of that stressed out state, they stay, because the detoxification process is a parasympathetic process, right? Like you've got to be in that rest and relax stage. But how do you do that when you've got these toxins living in you so you're in this total stressed out state? So that's why sometimes it can be too hard doing it naturally for some people. Um, and once you've done these high doses, you now need to really rebuild your immune system and also your gut health. Like you want to feed that ecosystem as fast as possible as well and really heal that gut because you've totally annihilated your gut lining by the end of this. So like someone for like you who had parasites, mold, all this other stuff, your gut was destroyed. Where do you start? Do you focus on trying to rebuild the gut, but you can't really rebuild the gut if yeah, mold and parasites and all this stuff going on. So where the heck do you start there? Great question because it's the catch twenty two. What do you do first? Um, so oh. what and I've got a client like this currently at the moment, she's a mum and she's like where do, she's got a huge amount of parasites on her body, mold, all sorts of different things and barely can get out of bed. So and this was my story too, but every client's different, is once again you need to get which sounds really counterintuitive because it's like what you're not dealing with the gut. You actually need to get the adrenals. You need to support the body's like the cellular health and the adrenal health. Because you need energy, like your body, and I say this in, cl in clinic to clients to help them explain it, your body's putting up a huge fight. So yes, you're going to take these supplements to do it for you, to help do it, but your body still needs the energy to actually about to kill them off and flush them out of your body. So you want to really support the adrenals and the liver, because where is all this dead stuff going? 
your liver's got to detoxify. So most of us, so for example, my journey, yes, I had parasites, yeast, fungus, mold. I had it all. So do you think I had any sort of liver function at all? If you know what I mean, in terms of my liver was like so hammered. Like it had been trying to look after me and do everything that it could. So if I now threw in all these like high, high loads of like, and I remember when I was getting rid of them, like ADP or oregano, the main ingredient in it, I think 12 a day. Like that's a huge load that I'd never get a client to take. But I needed the adrenal health and the liver support to be able to get it out. So I focused on that initially and really trying to calm down my body. And then the problem is also is you kind of got to get to the jaguar in terms of what is the top one for you. So heavy metals, parasites, and mold kind of all go together. As you get rid of those, you can often get rid of a lot of the yeast infections in the person's body, right? So that can kind of be secondary. Um, so, but it's kind of like you tap one of them to release some because the metal, like they all bind together, which just makes it a whole like extra thing if you've got all of them, which I did. Thank goodness not all my clients, some just have parasites and I'm like, phew, we don't need to worry about the mold, we don't need to worry about the heavy metals, like we've got this, this is pretty straightforward and pretty easy. Um, and so it is a case of which one, it's kind of like Tetris, I don't know if you guys play Tetris, where it's like, what can you get to like collapse the wall? So it's like, what do I need to do to get the most impact on it and so stuff like oregano works for parasites it works for mold it works for a bunch of things right so that can open the way and that can start clearing out the heavy metals in my case as well um so it is a bit of a like what do you start with first and also then if i've got a lab testing it could be what is like kind of the king of the jungle what is their biggest parasite or critter right like what is their number one to focus on can we get rid of that and get rid of a whole bunch of others or do we need to build the person up where we get rid of some of the smaller low laying or low hanging fruit get that out so it brings down the stress on the body and then they'll be able to detox by the rest because they're in a, a less stressed out state so it's very individualized on the person what their health's like what the rest of their body's doing and if you picked it up from a third world country, right? You just got food poisoning or something. It's pretty. If you've been in good health pre that, like I had one client at the beginning of this year, young girl, 24, great health, went to Thailand for a few months, got a food, got food poisoning, suddenly got bloated, stools changed. She was in, like, when she came back, it was easy. Like we could go straight in there and it was such an easy process. She's kind of like this parasite thing, got weight loss overnight. I think it's a dream. I'm so happy. If you know what it is, so it definitely depends on the circumstances and the age as well. And so if you're on a pretty hefty protocol to get rid of parasites, then the um, protocol for the after that protocol must be pretty extensive to rebuild the body and rebuild the gut too, I'm assuming. Totally. It's not all over. Um, and also, yeah. the counterintuitive part is even when you're on the protocol to kill off the parasites, I say kill off because um, people get that, you still want to keep, this is the irony of it, with clients are like, what? You want to keep light, keep on taking nutrients to heal your gut, even though I kind of think of it like a brick pathway where you've come in with a sledgehammer, which is kind of what the supplements are to get rid of the parasites. You're breaking it up, but you want to keep smoothing it down at the same time. Because if you stay in a state of stress with the gut, you're now stressing out the parasites. So you're on this, so you're kind of like bit by bit. And so once you finish, yes, you're getting all the benefits of the gut healing and you really want to heal your gut and you really want to nourish it. And that's like, I'm big into um, 
just feeding your good gut bacteria with food, like being into diet. But if you've been on a huge protocol, that's when you kind of want to make sure that you've got all the strains coming in. Like, and I would, and I have personally, and I do with clients, I will use probiotics at that time to repopulate the ecosystem and put all the good things in and then maintain it with diet. And for you, probiotics, are you using spore-based probiotics yeah, or a mixed like, variety? I, a variety, but I do really like the mega spore brand. They're like one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, but once again, when you do the stool testing, if there's a specific strain that somebody needs because they're just so low in it, like Saccharomyces boulares, another one that I'm bad at saying, I will heavily populate with that too. Because like an ecosystem, if you're really low in the good gut bacteria, you open the doorway for the bad ones to come in as well. So if it needs to, so that can also be, you can be detoxifying some of the bad bacteria without even taking something strong just by repopulating all the good stuff. Yeah, and if people want to learn more about the Megaspore uh, probiotics, we had Kieran Krishnan on the show in episode 57. So you can swing over there and listen to that episode as well. Well, Shelly, is there anything else that you want to touch base on when it comes to parasites? Uh, no, I think the main thing is you just want them out of your body. Because the biggest thing people will say to me is they don't even like what happens with health rider when you pick up these things is it often is incrementally dec a decline and we just adapt and we just adjust, right? Because that's all we know and humans are really good at adapting. It's our biggest strength, right? Like that's what we do. And so it's often once clients get this out of their bodies, like move on and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much of my energy was being sucked out of me. And I didn't even realize that. And I say sucked because literally they're like leeches sucking it out of your body, right? So most people are like, oh, it was a game changer in terms of just how much better. They didn't necessarily have that many symptoms or they didn't recognize their symptoms. But energy-wise and brain health-wise, they just felt amazing. Awesome, Shelly. Well, my final question for you is, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what is it? I do have a morning routine. Um, I love to, I'm one of those annoying people that wakes up before the alarm every single day, excited to get out of bed, don't like to rush. It's the total opposite to like my investment banking days. I get up, I make a hot, I turn on the jug, I made a hot, make a hot drink no matter what. Like I don't care if I have to wake up an hour before my gym class to do this. Um, and then I always go to the gym every morning or a yoga class, come home, check my emails, and then I'll start getting ready for the day. Awesome. Well, people can find you at ShellyGawith.com. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-G-A-W-I-T-H.com. Uh, where else can people find you? On Facebook and Instagram, um, the same way. So we've started really sharing all this information and doing lots of interviews to get the information out there because so many people don't realize the impacts. Um, and then I do a podcast that you are on with my friend Leah, and that's Low Carb Conversations as well. Although we don't really talk about low carbs, we just use that as an excuse to talk about pretty much anything and everything because we had you on talking about mold. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you're doing really good stuff over there on the low carb conversations as well. So people can go check you out there. Well, Shelly, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, super enlightening episode here and also uh, kind of gross at the same time. I so. agree. <laughs> don't get on Google too much at the end of this. Thanks nope, but I kind of want to. No, don't. It's not worth it. <laughs> All right, Shelly, thank you so much. As you can see, parasites are everywhere, and the majority of people do have some sort of parasite in their system. 
It's when we are overloaded with parasites that cause the most problems to our health. So it is a good idea to do a parasite cleanse every now and then just to keep your body clean, especially if you have ever traveled anywhere that doesn't have the best sanitation practices. So are you ready to take your health to the next level? If so, our health programs are designed to help you make lasting changes to your health. With our habit-changing process, we walk alongside you on your health journey, making sure that you are successful and feel like the best version of you. We only take two new clients every single month, so to learn more, go to summitforwellness.com ready. Next episode, we have Dr. Gordon Peterson on the show. He has five doctor degrees and has worked with some fascinating people in his life. So let's take a moment to learn more about Dr. Gordon Peterson. We are here with Dr. Gordon Peterson. Uh, Gordon, what is one unique thing about you that most people don't know? (laughs) One unique thing about me that most people don't know is how much I love the outdoors. I love to go hiking. I love kayaking. I love to go riding on my bike. And I just so enjoy uh, the outdoors. It's like a supplement to me every time I go out for a ride on my bike or go for a hike. Uh, Where are you located? Is it Colorado or? I'm located in Cedar Hills, Utah, right at the base of the mountains of Snowbird and Alta Ski Resorts. Ooh, super fun over there. Yeah. Okay, Gordon, what will we be learning about in our interview together? Silver is beneficial to the body because it destroys bacteria, viruses, and yeast. It works with the immune system. And because it's alkaline and it's pH balanced, it's going to be able to be taken every single day. And then what are your favorite foods or nutrients that you think everyone should get more of in their diet? As an anti-aging doctor, my favorite supplements include essential fatty acids because they make up the membrane of all the rest of the cells. And I really like a little bit of protein supplementation without sugar. And I take turmeric and I take a daily vitamin as well. And then what are your top three health tips for anyone who wants to improve their overall wellness? I like the essence of wellness. Eat, sleep, supplement, exercise, neutralize poisons, clean water, and eliminate stress. All of them is the one overriding element of your wellness, and you're in charge of it. So when I say I'm with my doctor suggests, I hope that we can educate you to a point that you will be your own doctor and that you will suggest to yourself the essence of wellness. The episode next week is packed full of good information, so keep climbing to the peak of your health, and we'll see you next time.